Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. This is a brand new episode for a brand new season, our preview show. Uh, even though we've already started the season, we are doing a preview of everything that's happened over this extremely long summer. Um, not, and then, uh, yeah, jumping into the season and everything else. So I am joined by three others tonight. Um, three of them started with me on that very first podcast, which I should say, this is the start of our 10th season of Open All Ours. I should say that. Um, so, one of them is Paul Finney. You all right? Hello, Paul. Welcome back for a 10th year. Yeah, I'd heard when we started. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> is... Uh, Chris Charles, how are you, Chris? Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right. Um, unless you live somewhere with fluorescent lighting <laughs> and um, shelving units and what they call filing cabinets, you are yeah. in an office. I am indeed, yes. I'm in an office cool. that's normally full to the brim and just looking around there are two people in it. Right, normally being the word. Um, yeah. And also joining us is Steve Sace. Good evening. Hello. Evening, Steve. I I, I don't even uh, I don't even really need to explain to anyone that we're on Zoom, which would have seen. I don't think we'd ever done. I think maybe we'd done one virtual podcast in the whole of the nine seasons before March, and now we haven't. I haven't, we haven't seen any of each other in six months, have we? In in real life, as far as I know, no, not at all. Um, but you know okay. what, we're, 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 we're getting through it. I mean, I, I miss Chris, I miss Dave, I miss everyone, but we're getting through it, you know. It doesn't miss me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, though, Steve, I, I see you at every home game because you're directly to my left, so I can see you and Sandra. Uh, so, okay. that, yeah, see? Yeah. What's a home game? Ooh, that's going to be controversial coming up. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Yeah, but you can see them, Discuss. but you haven't seen them since... Lockdown. Still up, Chris. I was winning that one. I, I see in inverted commas Finney on email virtually every day. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you see, Chris. Do. How, are we, how, are we, how are we all coping anyway with the pre season? Because it was a pre season, not pre season, wasn't it? I don't know that I'm mentally ready for this season to start. And, and I think you lot aren't either, because I'll tell you why the season has started. We played against Plymouth on Saturday in the Carabao Cup. Have I pronounced everyone's favourite energy drink correctly? Um, and there was no clamour from any of you to do a preview of the Plymouth game as a podcast. And that tells me, and we didn't do one, this is the first one we've done, that tells me that nobody was quite ready. Everybody needed a break. I know there was a weird lockdown break, but we all had stuff to deal with then. No yeah. one's quite ready for such a short break. Or, or you just don't need to do a preview of something that's just totally predictable. Hmm. Yeah, that's also I'm, true. I'm renaming it the Haribo uh, Cup because uh, <laughs> it's well because it's a bit of a joke, really. Uh, but certainly we are in it. I mean, well, it's normally, normally, yeah. normally we get one league game in before we go out of the cup. It seems rather bizarre to go out of the cup before a league game, and it's kind of almost 
plays with your mind a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, this is not the way things are supposed to be. One league game, League Cup, out you go, on to the next one. Well, okay, first of all, let me welcome back our listeners. Thank you to everybody that has stuck with us. Many of you have been listening to us right from the beginning, and thank you. Um, We hope you had a good summer. Uh, Thank you for those who continue to support us. That is very, very important, something for which we are very grateful. We have a patron scheme, of which Steve is a very kindly a supporter of um, as well, and also a, um, a bunch of people who are very kind to part with a few quid to sponsor uh, our episodes. We have a sponsor tonight, in fact. Um, so let me thank him. So uh, this chap is very good to us, sponsors us on the regular. I have not got any better at pronouncing his name. So bear with me. Paul. Paul Semelowicz, I think we're going to say. Paul Semelowicz, and here's a sponsor, and his message is, on the 16th of September, it's my son's 10th birthday. My son's, I think he has twins, my son's 10th birthday. So shout out for Luca and his brother Jack, both future QPR players, and they're pretty good. Well, they may well be future QPR players, but I don't think uh, I will be buying their names on the back of my shirts when they are because it will require a second mortgage to do it. But thank you for all the numbers of letters. Um, It's also whether you buy the shirt as well, which is a whole different ballgame. I'm trying to persuade my son not to get off, say, Samuel on the back of his shirt, only on the basis that it's, I think it's 10 letters and a hyphen. So that's quite a lot. Eze was great for three years. Um, Probably Mm. the cheapest shirt in the championship. But also Samuel's a whole different story. Um, We have... So thank you to those. Thank, thanks to the sponsors. Thank you to Paul. Much appreciated. Um, mm. We have got, in a little bit, um, we've got... Happy Lee birthday Hume. to them both. Happy birthday to them both, of course. Um, we have, in about seven or eight minutes' time, we have Lee Hughes joining us. So Lee, uh, for as everybody knows, is the CEO of QPR. It wasn't the plan to have anyone from the club on this podcast. I think we were just going to talk nonsense like we normally do for um, 40 minutes but yesterday they announced the plans for ticketing this year for season tickets Um, Mm. and it was there was a lot of information to say the least and it generated a lot of discussion online so we asked someone to come on the on the podcast to clear it up about 30 minutes ago they put a massive Q&A on the website so thanks for that everyone at the club we now have to sort of try and wade our way through that Um, before the interview. So Lee's joining us in about seven minutes. I'm assuming he will be on time because he's, from what I can see, that sort of guy. What, um, so before he comes on, what's everyone else? We're going to come on to SA and signings in greater detail later. But um, what's everyone else made of what we can call the summer so far? In what way the um, what's been going on to the club and players coming in and coming out or yeah. just building up towards the season? Well, it's typical QPR, isn't it? It's kind of like, but Steve will have to help me out here because I'm sure Steve knows. I'm not so sure. I don't even know when this transfer window ends. It's quite a while, isn't it? It's quite long. It's sometime next month, I believe, isn't it? So there's no real rush because I am still slightly worried we've only got one striker and he might have not done himself any favours playing for Scotland the other night. Um, and I just worry that we're still a wee bit late up front. But, you know, it's interesting to look at the numbers in the squad that haven't been taken up, if you know what I mean. It might be a, mm. a little clue that other people are coming in, be it on loan or 
I don't. I certainly don't think we're finished in the transfer market. But I would just just like another forward a couple to come in just so they don't end up like we were last season, which is okay at West Brom or whatever. But to have one striker all the time just seemed to be a bit worrying. Yeah, I, I I don't know if there's any strength in there, but did you hear the thing going around yesterday that Ravel Morrison was at the club? I mean, is that just a... Again? Is that internet rumour that has no substance at all, or was he actually there? Has anyone heard? Was it a football club? <clears throat> I can't remember. It was on... Or a nightclub. Uh, oh, it can't be a nightclub at the moment. It can't be a nightclub, so... It's on Twitter, Facebook, so, yeah. I mean, it possibly unreliable. <laughs> Um, and the other name that's been mm. mentioned that we're interested in, as far as I know, we haven't signed yet, is Ben Watson, wasn't it? I haven't heard any more about that. I think that one's gone dead, hasn't it? Has it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Do, do you think you should go back after you've... Oh, I suppose you know, I suppose he wouldn't be the first player to come back, would he? I don't think it, it's... <laughs> Little Tommy Carroll. Tom Carroll, yeah. I don't think if you're coming back under a different regime, as in a different manager, it might... Because I think Tom Carroll, from what I saw the Plymouth game, certainly... Um, the first half was, you know, he wasn't just passing sideways, which was an improvement on last time. And I, I think he was probably the best of a, a bad bunch. And maybe Warburton will get something out of him that other and other players that they didn't have before. But you're not looking so sure about that, Steve. Um, no, I was. I was just thinking about sorry Ben Watson coming back, and I was just thinking, you know, it would have been a different regime, but it also would have been a different pair of hips, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think actually Tom, the thing is is that Tom Carroll didn't really succeed when he was with us last time. Having said that, he does give us a different kind of option. He is yeah, he can pick out a pass and um, and he's obviously got that much more experience and a bit of Premier League experience. So we need bodies as well. So I'm in two minds. I'm in two minds about that one. I'm in two minds. He's an easy target if things if things don't go well. But then Amos has been getting a lot of flack as well and. And actually, I'm, I'm quite pleased that we've signed him, signed him because I think, uh, you know, obviously he's come back after a, a long injury. Um, yeah, he had a mixed season last season, but he does just seem to have a bit of something about him, a bit of quality. Um, and for the, the style of football that Warburton wants to play, they, those two guys seem to fit in quite well. Um, what we need to do, I know it was only, a, 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 you know, I was just going to say pre-season friendly, but of course it wasn't. It was the, it was the first round of the Carabao Cup. <laughs> Easy to uh, get that confused, but... I think it's the same old problem like game of two halves. The half going forward was great. The half uh, defending was not so great. And I don't know if he was going for the for the, the will score one more than new approach, but there was just like gaping ho- holes all over the pitch. And it just seems to be, you know, I'll give him the benefit of doubt. You can't, I'm not going to put the boot in completely after one game, but it just seemed that the old problems were rearing their head a bit. I just thought I just thought the Plymouth game was like a, a, a microcosm of just everything that we've seen under Warburton. You know, when we're good, we're very, very good, and when we're bad, we're bloody awful. Um, and you know, we were we were, we were fantastic. Those first few minutes, we like Brazil, and the passing intensity, tempo, it was all there. And then as the game wore on, and on the second half, it just we just went a bit flat. Yeah, you know, we got another goal after after half time, didn't we? But just I just didn't, wasn't confident that we were going to hold hold on to that at all. I think, I mean, I didn't see the game for obvious reasons, but I've seen the highlights and stuff. It seems to me, judging at the times, the goals and everything, it's just a classic QPR switch-off, isn't it? You know, and, and, and that's something that seems, and that's not just with Wolverton, that's been around the club for quite a while, that just annoys the hell out of me. We, you know, we, we do all the hard work and then we throw it away. And I guess it's what we, the, the, the third goal to me was a shambles. And, you know, listen, we're not going to lose any sleep over it, you know. We always get knocked out of this cup, so it's it, it's it's nothing new. But you know, and and hopefully, I mean, 
Carroll's a good player. I mean, but it's again, it's a Justin Ham and Amos, Cameron, Ball, um, Bright Samuel, uh, Young Smith, um, and so on into that kind of mould in that midfield. Because when you had Eze, you had the glue, didn't you? You had the glue in the middle of it where you could just drift around and bring everyone else into it. Um, I think that's maybe where he sees Carroll is doing. I don't know. What do you think, David or Chris? I don't know. I'm waiting for Chris to answer. He's muted. Well, Chris is on mute. There we go. The first one of the year. Chris was on mute. Uh, well, that's it. Yeah, of course you make it. But I mean, Ezzy's, you know, Ezzy, as I've said before, is like a once in a generation player, certainly for us. And you not you can try and plug that gap, but uh, let's let's be honest, you, you you're not really going to do it unless you can spend mm. like for like money, which obviously mm-hmm. we can't. But but yeah, Carol's. A, I think I think I'm not too unhappy with Carol coming. Um, I do think we need a couple more bodies, like you said. I, I, what I, we seem to be quite brittle. That's the thing I've thought about us. We've got a lot of players who are like you know five foot ten and under um, going down to five two. I think for chair. Um, I think we need a little bit more nastiness about us, and and you know maybe a little bit of, although I don't like it particularly, but questioning decisions, getting in referees' faces a bit more. I think you can still play nice football and still have that sort of harder edge to you, and that, that that's and, and 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 like a proper leader, you know, someone who a bit more vocal can g the players up. Um, you know, everyone harks back to Clint Hill, Sean Derry, but you know, two signings who like were very much like what the hell are they doing here at the time at the, when we signed them it turned out to be two of the most important players in the team but uh, yeah I, Chris, you I sound like you've been watching some of the Spurs documentary on Amazon I haven't no I haven't Which, it's, well, well basically that, that is, is that is Mourinho's theme what you okay. just said is all Mourinho goes on about is I won't repeat the words because the filters are Apple uh, and iTunes won't appreciate it, but basically all Mourinho says the whole time is, boys, you need to be not very nice people, insert word. That's all he says, is you've got to be horrible. Man City are horrible, Liverpool are horrible, Spurs are too nice. And it sounds like that's kind of the sentiment of what you're saying. All oh, right, but maybe I'm but, in the wrong job. But then again, you you got, you got like Ball and you got Amos. I mean, Amos was, he was like kind of... Um, Britain's angriest midfielder towards the end of last season. Um, and that was maybe frustration because he's gone back to Spurs. He didn't know what was going to happen. Now he's got he's got his contract. He's one of us. You might see a different type of player coming through. And mm. I think I think what we need to improve, and it's, it's pretty obvious, is we need to improve corners. We need to improve free kicks, and we need to find a, We need to find that leader. But we need to find a leader in every department because every team will have a like Clint Hill, your Sean Derrys, and someone else up front that will take like a. Billy Sharp does at Sheffield United. You know what I mean? You need leaders all over the park. It's not just one or two. You need them. And we are a bit nice sometimes. But then sometimes we look a little bit lacklustre. And I'm sure they're not lacklustre, but just the way it looks. But just this concentration thing does worry me because we seem to lose it a bit. Uh, Sorry. That's all right. Finney, I'm delighted to cut you off because you'll be the, you'll I be the first. For, forgot to set up a waiting room on this meeting, which means that... Um, we have metaphorically had the door to our room opened and in has walked Lee Hoos. Hi, Lee. Also can you hear us? Hey, guys. Yeah, I can. can Sorry. I messed up in getting the video started, so I wasn't sure whether you could see or hear me or not. You look we like can... an air traffic controller like Steve says. It looks like we're on like a, <laughs> yeah, some it, kind yeah. of like long-haul flight. American gamer is what I've been told. 
something like that. Yeah, you we might have missed a generation there. <laughs> we can see and hear you, Lee. Um, there are a few questions as far as the club is concerned. Is it was it kind of no rest for the wicked really in the last few weeks? Something like that. Yeah, I've, I've t- to be honest, I've only just gotten. Uh, I've been working remotely from the states because uh, I had some issues over there. Um, just got back over the weekend, so it's been. been tr- is that? Is that it's not me? me. Uh, uh. That's uh, so, so, so it's been it's been getting um it's been getting my feet back under the desk and and, and getting things um, going as soon as possible. But you know, as soon as you think you've got some some direction, there's a bit of clarity. Uh, you know, the prime minister announces you know an hour ago that now the 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 the, the, the experiments they've been trying are going to limit to a thousand, and we'd be revisiting what we're planning to do in October. So it's like ah, oh, great. So yeah, it's never a dull moment. That's for sure. Expect the unexpected. I think is what the what the term is. So, so on that, we're speaking to you about an hour or two after Boris Johnson has made the announcement about this yeah. rule of six, which is really emphasising that people should only congregate in groups of six. Um, how has that affected anything on the pl- kind of playing side, if at all? And how does it? What were the plans in place for fans coming back, and what's your understanding of how it might affect that at this point? Well, as it's been, an, I've not discussed this with any of my, my management team, uh, not with my COVID nineteen officer. So you know, you know, we're we'll have to figure out what that means as we go along. From a playing perspective, um, our protocols have been in effect for a long time, and they've been quite successful. Um, you, you know, if you, you look at the, the the tens of thousands, probably even hundreds of thousands of tests that that football was run you've had very few uh, negative tests come back so you know we 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 did when this first thing broke um we had our, our doctor you know dr ahmad has been fantastic and he's been first class he's been all over it so you know we i have absolute faith in him in, in getting us through this um so for us from a training perspective i don't see um anything that, I, I don't see that affecting the, the the training of the players um how it impacts us on the ability to open up on the, on the 1st of october which is what the original plan was um, um, well, that remains to be seen. So the so sorry. So there, although I heard about it, talked about in general terms as October. The the expectation from the professional game was that trial trials with fans coming in was going to be effective from the first of October. No, Is the trials right? have actually already started. Or, or larger scale. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, they've, they've already. They, we, we, we've already had. Was one in Cambridge the other night. So the, you know the trials have already started. But what they're saying is the remaining trials they want to limit to a thousand. Um, uh, again, it's just, it's tough because you're trying to make some sense out of it. Um, so you know things like well, why is it a thousand? If if you're surely it would be based on capacity of your stadium and the ability to social distance. You know, or based upon um, the the how people actually. They arrive at the stadium and, and their reliance on public transport to make sure of that but to come up with a thousand is just um you just kind of scratch your head going right just trying to make some sense out of it so as it stands it's too fresh really for you to be to, can't can't yeah, to yeah know it's, it's um it's hit us out of the blue see the yeah. team again yeah okay yeah well you, we should see the team this weekend in person i i, I can't you know i i don't know that is, is the honest answer. Um, and it, we may have to revisit what we were working on because we were working on, you know, reduced capacity um, of probably about 5,000 people um, in, into the stadium, which, you know, you know we felt 
comfortable with, with doing that. It would allow people to social distance. If you put in it, people in bubbles, um, you know, because, you know, I've, one of the things we have analyzed is, you know, how many groups do we have? You know, we've got, you know, groups of eight, groups of seven. Eight's the largest number of people we have coming from a household. Um, there are quite a few groups of seven, six, five, four, three. How do you get that down there? Because, you know, if, if you've got that group of eight, you, what we wouldn't do is put them eight in a row along mm. along um so you'd say all right four here and four right behind them that frees up the row you normally have to social distance behind them and if there was another group of say seven you do okay four and three we could actually increase the capacity that way and and um from inside the bowl but now we're back to kind of square one thinking uh, uh we're fl flying a bit blind again unfortunately you need an expert in tetris i think that's what it is one of the things interestingly uh, we've been working with um and, and and part of the reason why we've been a little bit late in, in announcing things is because we've been working with Ticketmaster in terms of we can't reconfigure manually after every game there must be applications or programs that we can we can develop jointly to help us plan this out a bit better so they literally came up with something last week which is right okay that answers that question boom let's go out but literally there's still a lot of questions even about that program um, that we're, we're, we're trying to work through as as um, as it evolves um, so that is it is something you know, that, that's a big big help because that, that, let's face it um, the ticket office are going to be very very busy people um, once we do open this up because there's going to be a, no matter what we do there's going to be a lot of work for them you know in between matches you know, the good old, they're going to be thinking, God, remember the good old days when somebody bought a season ticket and bang, that's, that was it. That was them done. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get away with that this season. Do, do, sorry, um, Lee, it's Paul. Um, do you find it confusing the way this has gone? Because you seem to, you drew out the plans yesterday. You did a and a today on the website and everything else. And then four o'clock, the government come along and make another announcement and it throws everything back into spin again. And it's, it's so, it must be a flip in nightmare to try and keep in track with because i don't it, know what's going on half the time it, it is um because you're just looking for a bit of structure and, and how and and reason part of the reason is everybody's in unknown territory including the government so you know i i get that but it would be just nice with um instead of just making the announcement say can you run the reasoning by us? We can understand the reasoning so we can work towards how, how we do that. Because if we understand what, what you're doing and why, that makes that, you know, we, we gives us a direction of travel. But if you just make an announcement about, you know, it's going to be this, bang, and you're going, okay, do we know why? Do we know what we need to do to, to increase it? Do you need, what can we do to, to make you satisfied that we're, um, we're not presenting a public health um, um, issue? It, it, it just makes it a bit tougher. Now, I presume in the next couple of days, those, those things will be rolling out to us. But right now, I just, I just don't know what the answer is. Um, Lee, I want to take you back 24 hours, which is only a day, but so much happens. Um, at the moment and this was around the announcement and the around the announcement around season tickets for this year yep. and an expectation from the club that there will be um reduced you'll be able to welcome people on reduced capacity but of course not everybody who has a season ticket will be able to come to to all the games P possibly um, yeah possibly yes so there's a there was a lot of i won't say led to lots of confusion although some people are confused but there's just a lot of information so we wanted to invite you on to try and help us sift through that i realize some of it may be subject to change even between the time you wrote it yesterday and now yes and my understanding and i'll say my understanding and then you can tell me which bits are wrong because hopefully it reflects most people's understanding 
my understanding is you are inviting people who so people who have already renewed their season ticket for the 2021 season and inviting people who are sort of undecided and may well do now if everybody who has a season ticket from those two groups at the point that the club can stage limited capacity games behind closed doors they will go into a ballot system and be pulled out for on you know first out first served basis um and that will continue through all the games if you don't if you're not successful you get a 123rd refund um yep. and that will go on until such point that the club can welcome everyone back have i got all that right ish yes okay. so let, if we start with the general principle of what we were trying to 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 do is um one try to be as fair as we possibly can um to to, to fans across the board um we're, the easiest thing for us to do would be say right season tickets from zero to 5,000 in, in order of when you purchased a season ticket, how long you've held it, that's who's coming in. Everybody else dismisses the season. And, you, you know, that would have made life a hell of a lot easier for the ticket office because um, you've just been bang, that's it. Everybody, these, these are your allocations, that's it. We never have to worry about it again. Um, but I, I think part of it was in, in discussion with some supporters and some very long-standing supporters who, who, would, who would actually, from a personal standpoint, have very much benefited from that, saying, is that really fair? Um, and I thought, kind of, kind of changed my mind. I thought, well, what is fair? If, 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 if the way it's set up right now, well, literally, the way it's set up right now, if, if, it would have been, uh, if everything would have gone the, um, as the government had originally um, envisaged, um, even based on reduced capacity, we'd still got everybody in. You know, as of today, we still would be able to accommodate every single um, person who's applied for a season ticket. Um, you know, but at some point, it, it, might, it may exceed it. I'm, I was originally going on around probably 5,000. You know, that is about what it was. And we are literally right now at about 4,950. Um, and that's with the people who purchased yesterday and today so as of today it would have been you know if if your game plan was i'll get the season ticket and i'll get free streaming all year and, and you know if there's a ballot i just won't go into the ballot it's a bad plan because there wouldn't be a ballot if it were today it would be like no you've got a season ticket if you can't make it it's just like any other game so you'll, you'll be charged but how, if it how many season tickets were there last year last year about seven and a half thousand Okay, so based on the 5,000 capacity, actually two-thirds of season ticket holders would be able to attend every game. Yeah, uh, roughly, yeah, 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 that's exactly right, yeah, two, okay. two-thirds, yeah, yeah, if, if that would have, would have been it. But by the time you get into, you know, vulnerable people in vulnerable situations who really should not be um, coming to games, and I mean vulnerable from a health standpoint, um, that's one of the reasons we said, we, we went out and said, look, if you can't renew this year, we're going to keep your season ticket for the following season. Don't think you have to renew just to, to, to keep your, your, your name in the hat so that you're there for next year. If you've got a situation, whether it's financial, whether it's health, that you shouldn't be at the stadium, then we understand that. And we're, we're going to work with the fans this year on that. And particularly on health, I know everybody misses football, but if you, you know, if you have underlying health conditions, if you're um, uh, one of our senior um, um, fans, I would encourage you not to come to the ground. I do not think you should be coming to the ground. I'd love to see you there. You know, I, we, we, we appreciate the support. Um, we appreciate the, you know, the flow of funds coming into the club, 
but your life is a hell of a lot more important than that. And you really should not take the risk. So, so that's, that's number one. So we knew those people, you know, would, would be boxed off. They'd be happy. Um, they, they, they won't be going to the ground that then frees up, you know, their season tickets for somebody if, if there is a limited capacity. Um, so, and like I said, it came down to right now it's about 5,000 anyway, which is what we thought we could uh, um, accommodate. But let's just say you did sell a couple hundred more. If, if you sold 250 more season tickets than you have capacity for, that means you might, you would miss, well, by the time you go through 250 times to get to the 5,000 that we have, the, the capacity that we have, that would be like um, 20 games. So you're literally missing 1.15 games by everybody going in, as opposed to saying, if you, the cutoff point, it would have been about know, somewhere around, you know, three years and four months. Um, if you, and if you bought your, your ticket then, then you're in good shape. But with a three years, three months, you, you, you fall outside the top 5,000. Therefore, you can't see any games. So it's kind of the similar thing what we did with the staff in terms of, um, you know, Haley and Hannah in accounts could have said, you, you can't run the club without me because payroll won't be processed. So I'm not taking a pay cut. Um, you, you know, so let other people take a pay cut. Uh, I don't want to, but everybody in the club took a pay cut so that we protected the whole thing. So by everybody sacrificing a little bit, you're able to look after the organization as a whole. And it's really the same philosophy we're coming out with the fans. Like, look, isn't it better for, for you know, for the say, for, to, to miss one game so that the other people can see, you know, 22 games as opposed to, to you saying, I'm seeing every game. Too bad, so sad. You don't see any games. Steve. Just coming off mute there. Um, question, Lee. Um, one thing that wasn't clear is that the, if there is a ballot um, for a game, I, do you have a choice to enter that ballot or not to enter that ballot? And if you don't enter that ballot, what happens? Do you do you do you still get the refund, or do you only get the the refund if you've entered the ballot and lost out? The answer will depend on how many people um, actually sign up for this. If we get like 5,100 people, you know, um, it's, it's going to be expected that everybody will automatically be in, in, in the ballot. If it's like five and a half thousand um, or, or as of like Steve right now, we don't even need a ballot. Everybody would be included. But if it goes to that point where there is a, ba a ballot, then um, that it's, it's going to be depending on how, how many it is. The, the most logical thing and the thing that's most fair to fans would be if say we've got five and a half thousand people and in, in, in room for five thousand would be you opt in if you don't opt in you get 120 30 season ticket okay. back okay that's 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 right the, the one thing we've always tried to do and 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 every question we every analysis we do at both board level and with my senior management team is if i was a fan would i feel i'm, I'm being treated fairly so that is is, is a cornerstone of, of all the decisions that we're making if if it turns out that we don't need ballots um what happens to someone who say renewed early before this all kicked off who because you went to market i think it was december um mm -hmm. what about if someone who's now shielding um and has got a season ticket there isn't a ballot and they're kind of expected to go i guess they can they can they can get a refund via a different mechanism well, we announced um, a couple of weeks or last week that we, you you could get a refund. 
So anybody can get a refund. We will put a cutoff date on that though, because what I don't want is is people thinking, oh, I'll just I'll just get a one twenty third credit, get my streaming for free all year, um, and that that because that would be completely unfair to the people who are actually trying to get into the to the ground. Um, and, and you know we want to make sure it's the whole idea is to make it as accessible to everyone, not find ways to to someone to save you know twenty or thirty quid over over the. Course I think of the I saw I think I saw on the Q and A's this afternoon that if you are allocated a ticket and you don't take it, you don't get a refund for that game which presumably is to make absolutely sure yeah, yeah, don't yeah, abuse yeah. the, the Correct. free streaming yeah. um i want to ask you a few questions that we've had in lots of people asking about the credit qpr net is the credit so this would be for games not attended um so the first home game of the season for example what no one will be able to attend uh, uh, i'm guessing so that there would be a 123rd refund is the credit yep. a credit to the account to be used next season, or can it be taken as a refund at the end of the season? Quite Fan, fans' choice on what they want to do at the end of the season. The only thing we're asking, though, is please, I don't have the resources to, to administer this on a week-by-week -week basis. So I'm just saying, at the end of the season, we can we can um, um, reconcile everything, and you make the choice. Do you want it Do you want it for next season season ticket? Do you want a refund in cash? Do you want to donate to the community trust? It's whatever you, the fan, wants to do with his um, with, with, with the ticket. It's a bit like how we handled it when the when the season um, got cancelled for fans um, to actually come to the game. It was it was down to the fans. So what do you want to do? Some fans donated it. Some fans took a refund. It's 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 some fans said. That, you know, a couple of people were saying, "I'd rather just use it towards next season." It's we will leave it up to the fans how they want to do that. Um, Kelly Sullivan has asked, "Why is it only midweek away games that are in the season ticket deal?" That's the um, bearing in mind that season ticket streaming is subject to change at any time. But that's what the agreement is with Sky. Sky have an interest in protecting their subscription model. And, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge them for that because they pay a big price for it. They've actually been very good in terms of allowing the streaming last season and allowing the streaming at this, at this season. But at some point, there's no doubt in my mind, that is going to end. Um, so that's the agreement that Sky have with the Football League right now. Those are the ones we're permitted to do. Okay, a few people asking about memberships, drums orbit, still haven't heard or seen anything regarding memberships. What's the plan there? That's so we'll, we'll be support. Yeah, we'll be rolling that out on um, September the 21st. Um, uh, what we're working on now is how we adjust the price points because obviously one of the big attractions to membership was the discount on, um, on, on purchasing tickets. And since that's not really available, I think the price point needs to be, you know, needs to be fairer and, and, and reflect that. Okay. Um, Paul Stokes has got a question about the consultation on it. Why use the supporters consultation committee, not poll fans more widely in a timely fashion? Yeah, the Supporters Consultation Committee gives me a, um, a, a cross-section of fans. There, there are a number of people there. Um, it's not a, a vote. It is literally, you know, people from different segments of the fans. There might be somebody from the fan sites. There might be somebody from LSA, but there will be a season ticket holder in Ellerslie Road. There'll be a member there. It's about 14 to 16 people. Um, so that, that, that's how we do it. In terms of polling fans of what we think is fair, um, I, I just find, you know, Polls can be useful, but doesn't always reflect what the entire fan base is actually thinking. Because I think even um, the, the, the biggest response I've ever had in a, in a, in a poll was a little over 2,000 people um, on an individual basis. There were a lot of votes, just individually, there were only 2,000 unique people coming back to it. So uh, it, it's, it's just trying to, 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 to get that, um, 
that beat I, I can from that. But we do use, you know, we try to do polls wherever we can, um, but it's just not always, uh, you know, it's not the, the single most effective thing that, that we can do. Hi, Lee. How you doing? Um, Hi, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to ask, I, I haven't read the, the, um, all the stuff yet, um, so I'm a little bit in the dark. I apologise for that. But with my season ticket, it normally just comes, it normally <clears throat> renews automatically. I just do a monthly payment. It, 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 has that already started or do I basically need to no. apply no, we, we sent everything. Um, we, you should be getting a message that says it, it starts on the 1st of October. Okay, so it, it, it will kick in on the 1st of October unless I yes, say it doesn't. Yeah, but, but if, you direct, if, you, if you want to cancel it, again, that's, that's absolutely fine. So it's for me to cancel rather. Yeah. I don't need to physically apply myself. You should know. If you, if you have direct, a direct debit and automatic rollover, that should automatically come out. Perfect. But you should you should receive advance notice of that, you know. So so if you don't, that, that please get in, anybody who doesn't get advance notice and you think you're in the auto enrollment plan, you should get get contact the the, the ticket office. Well, thank you. I think Paul was about to come in there and he's gone off just at. Uh, no, I'm here. I'm back. Oh, there you go. Go on, Paul. You've got a question. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm pressing buttons. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Lee, do you kind of sometimes feel that whatever you did. Hey, if you did it, you're always going to kind of get people on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever, having a, having a go and, and, and kind of the worry is, of course, that you know, they're not going to come back to QPR. It, it must have been tricky. But the way, unless I'm being really thick, which I, I, I never underestimate, the way I understand it is that all this, the loyalty points don't count and everything else, I get all that. And the way things now stand is it with this number and with people shielding, the fans should more or less get in. Am, am I understanding that probably as it stands? In terms of being in a no-win situation, yeah, it happens all the time. Um, and in fact, I, I don't know whether you saw my, he must have saw my email to the board when I was explaining how this is going, which, which started out, gentlemen, no matter what we do, we're screwed. <laughs> so you, you, you're going to get it in the neck from somebody. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what we did, we're going to get it in the neck. Um, it's normally me. I know, but see, that's why I don't go on social media. <laughs> <laughs> have an but, empty but, finish screen up there <laughs> it won't be the first or the last I can tell you but as it stands the most people should get should, should get in so bar all the shouting and screaming and everything else which is fair enough and I understand why people are worried um, hopefully most people should get to see games as, as it stands right now every single person would, would get in under the previous guidance that we had been given now we still have to run this past our, our safety advisory group Local safety advisory group um, and, and get that approved. But you, you know, as I said, we've been doing. We've been very careful. Um, we've been very conscious of the of the health effects of, of everything, um, and we were pretty comfortable that we'd be able to accommodate five thousand people. Um, we wouldn't be able to feed the five thousand, but <laughs> we could get them into the stadium. In a, in a non, leave in that a to non, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Um, <laughs> in a non-ticket question, <clears throat> just another thing. I think people. I know you're not going to say exactly what it was, but I mean, from what I've read, like Eze went for 16 million plus add-ons. There's a lot of people on social media expecting us just to lash out on 16 million pounds worth of players. But can you tell them why that won't be happening? Yeah, it's a bit, um, it's, it's tough. I'll explain it. Uh, and I'm sure you're just asking the question because you've, you, you've been asked, um, but it's, it's kind of like going over the same ground over and over and over again. And I know, um, that there are going to be people, no matter how many times I explain it, they actually don't care, um, but they just because they just want to vent. Out, oh, out of about pushing, twenty blah, blah, questions, blah 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 blah. Out of yeah. about twenty questions um, it's today, just like, four of them were that were around this subject. 
there we go. But, but they will be a loud minority. Um, but the business plan of this club is we have to sell players. First of all, there is X amount we need from a player sale just to plug the financial gaps because we don't have the money coming in. The club is too small and too expensive to run for the fans to actually pay for what we do. We've known this because we've been in administration once and on the verge of administration before. So yeah, relying on fan income alone just isn't going to work. So the business plan is we invest in development of players. We put a lot of money into the academy. We're putting a lot of money into the, uh, you know, investing into the training ground as well to make our production facilities for players second to none. So we will have the good facilities to go out there and make sure we can develop the next Desi, the next Bright, um, the next Ilias, you know, you know, so, so the, the, the constant stream coming through. So, Part of that money we, we will need just to, to fund the operating expenses above and beyond what we bring in from a revenue standpoint. This year in particular is, um, is, is, is even worse because of the COVID-19 situation where revenue streams are just literally almost non-existent. Um, so, you know, we, we have no more money other than the, 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 um, the limited amount of new season ticket holders who, who, who've purchased. You know, we already had four and a half thousand that had renewed um, um, by, by um, before we even made this announcement. So. You know, it's it's um it, it's difficult with with that money not coming in. Shops had a great week last week. That means coming in, but that's in the grand scheme of things, it's actually a pretty small amount coming in in terms of the beast that needs to be fed. Um, and the majority of that is player wages. The players get paid no matter what. You know, whether whether I have you know 500 people, zero people, or or 15,000 people, the player wage bill remains the same. So in order to generate that revenue to, that, that we're missing, you know, I, I'm using some of that money from player sales. However, you can't just use it all to, to do the operations, the, uh, you know, and, and it won't be enough to do that because you have to have that next crop coming through. So you invest some of that money in the likes of Lyndon Dykes, in the likes of, of Rob Dickey, um, in the, you know, bringing Luke Amos and George Thomas in. You say, oh, well, George Thomas is on a free. It's like, yeah, but he's not working for nothing. He still has a salary we have to pay and we don't have any money coming in to pay him that salary. So we're still needing that money to, to try and take the club forward. So, you know, there, there are things I, you know, we, we, we would still like to bring in a couple more players, that's for sure. And Les is working on some deals right now. You know, fingers crossed we can get those over the line. But the business plan is, in a nutshell, we, we need to sell players. Some of that money we have to reinvest in, in bringing in other, other players. But, you know, one of the I, – I got an email, which I didn't respond to. In fact, I'll tell you straight out, I just deleted it, where some guy was venting about, why don't I put a picture of Brentford's new stadium on my wall? Maybe that would motivate me to get a new stadium across the line. We should have brought in, um, you know um, – um, um, Naki Wells, uh, um, you, you know, five million is not that much for a, stri a proven striker. And I'm like, oh, my God, you just don't get it. So for me, there's no point in responding to that person. There's no point in explaining yet again with how the club works with because he's never going to get it. He's never going to get it. And if that person's listening, sorry you didn't get a response to me, but it would have been a waste of your time me sending the response because you wouldn't have cared what my answer was. Well, the thing about – can I just come in on the Brentford thing? Our ground, unless I'm wrong, is still bigger, firstly. And secondly, what's that got to do with us? And it looks crap. Yeah, no, I, th I think what it is is we've been talking about a new stadium. Why don't you deliver? It was really what he was trying to say. Yeah, but don't do one like theirs. It's shite. Honestly, listen, first things first, I just, let me get the, at least we finally got the training ground over the line. I'm, I'm, I'm well pleased with that. So, you know, that's, 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 that's right. Next thing, let's, let's see what happens with the council and what they want to do. Cause the most logical site is still the Linford Christie stadium. So, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 situation has slowed everything down, but um, you know, hopefully they, they, they still want to dance.
I think I just cut Paul off there. Sorry, Paul, but Steve oh, has well, been waiting very David. patiently. <laughs> Steve has been waiting very patiently for a question for um, a while. Yeah, it, well, it's a question and a comment, really. Um, so it's about um, the, uh, the, the... Obviously, there was a lot of talk about loyalty and, and loyal fans and why were loyal fans seemingly disadvantaged. And um, I'm probably putting a bit of an X on my back here, but I was one of the people at the Supporters Consultative Committee meeting back in July where where this was discussed and I do want to say that I do want to say that it was very heavily you know talked about and it was you know it was a key point of discussion and there were a sort of whole bunch of views um that were that were exchanged and you know some people were saying well why don't you use loyalty points why don't you do something on um why don't you do something on 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 tenure um I just I, I normally my view my viewpoint is kind of loyal fans first but um, I think this is just such an unusual situation and if there has to be some kind of rationing it kind of certainly made sense to me that you know maybe everyone should have a should have a have, have a crack of the whip I uh, I mean I'd like to know what Lee's perspective on that is and I think the other the other thing is is that um, I've had a lot of people asking me well how, well how do you get on this com supporters consultative committee Lee I've heard you say before that you'd like a, more people on it and a sort of a you know revolving mix and, and maybe it's something to um, promote a bit more yeah that's probably not more people but certainly um rotation of people going through because otherwise listen the, the sports conversation committee has been fantastic it's one of the best things that you, you know there's there's a number of things i'm, I'm quite pleased about that, that you know we've managed to move forward with the club that's one of the things i'm most pleased about because it's come up with a hell of a lot of good ideas that have been implemented um so so it's been great and, and quite frankly i'm um, going into that meeting my thought process was we'll just do loyalty, you know, you know, based on when somebody bought the tickets, but it was that committee that actually got us all thinking saying, yeah, how fair is it really? Um, if, especially if the cutoff point is some guy who's had his season ticket for, for, for three years and four months gets in, but somebody who's had theirs for three years and two months doesn't get in. Um, and it's not like they've, they've, you know, on, on one particular match, it's probably a lot easier to do and say, well, we're just going straight down and that's, that's all we can accommodate. So, you know, cup games where we've got, you know, maybe we draw Manchester United at home. It's like, yeah, the season tickets all get priority and, and other people may be supporters for a long time, but they'll have to wait. But on this one, I guess what got me thinking after that meeting was, yeah, you're, you're asking people to forego an entire season, not, not one game, an entire season. So the guy who purchased the season ticket two months ahead of them can go to the entire season is it really fair? And I thought, actually, it's a great point. Um, and I just think, again, in terms of, you know, the, the way it was presented, me, us thinking about it, us discussing it, um, that, you know, the overall fairness of it be, if everybody gives up a little bit, we can accommodate everybody. Yeah, I, I mean... As, I say, as of right now, you don't have to give up anything because yeah, everybody's accommodated. And I think, you know, for me, it was like, well, what is the definition of loyalty? I mean, there was a guy on Twitter called Alan who um, sent me a tweet earlier. He said that he'd been going to QPR for 51 years, but only a season ticket holder for the last year and, and this one. Um, so he's been a fan for 51 years, but he's only had a season ticket for two years. Does that, why should that debar him versus maybe someone who's had a season ticket for 20 years like me? It's kind of, it's kind of comparing apples and oranges and I don't see a way how you could have done it without pissing at least some people off. And young people. As, as, as I say, good for young people. Exactly. Yeah. If you're, if you're 25 years old, you've had a season ticket for, you know, if you're that three year guy, but you haven't been in three years and six months, you're going, 
well, yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing it as long as I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I okay. think, I think, sorry, from my point of view, how I look at it, I'm not on that committee, by the way, before anyone starts abusing me on Twitter. I've got enough issues in my life at the moment. Um, and I had no say in this, thank God, because you can't win. Um, but the way I see it is that there's a lot of people who go to home matches who can't afford to go to away matches, and they've got to be considered as well. Um, I'm lucky I can afford away matches. I don't make any bones about it. It doesn't make me more law than anybody else. It doesn't make me better than anyone else. I'm just luckier I can get to more games. But there's, there's some people like, um, oh, I've forgotten his name, who, who did the competitive games. There's um, people like Alan Barnes. There's Victor. There's lots of people who do go to every game who I do feel for. But I'm pretty sure when the, the dust settles down, they'll also realise that, you know, we've got to also look after the kids because they, they shouldn't be penalised because they haven't been on this earth as long as we are. And we've got to understand that. And I think, to be fair, the club have been pretty open about it. You're not going to please everyone. But the, the Lordy points were always brought in for away games, as I understand it anyway. It wasn't really to do with home games. And the only thing I worry about, Lee, is how will it affect the family stand, do you think? Because talking to nurturing them, them supporters, that, that's a tricky one, isn't it? We, we can't have a family stand this year. Uh, it just That has to go out the window because there's no way with social distancing and everything else you'd, you'd be able to, to, to run the activities. You know, it could be somebody who bought a ticket in South Africa Road ends up in, 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 in the loft lower. Uh, you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know because it's just right now, you know, the, the family stand's going to have to go at the expense of trying to accommodate as many season ticket holders as we can possibly get into the ground. So that's our primary goal right now. The other thing is, you know, even if we went over, even if we say we had, um, I don't know, 5,500, 5, I still think we could accommodate everybody in the ground because our no-show rate is about, um, what's well, about 20% during, during um, weekend games, and it's over 30% for midweek games. Midweek games, I'm at the, I'll eat my hat if we couldn't, can't get everybody in the ground for a midweek game because people do struggle to make it down for a midweek game. Um, so I think, you know, if you, if you want to come and you're a season ticket holder and you're in this, I think you'll make to every, every single midweek game. Uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll probably be wrong, but I'm guessing I'm right. Uh, Lee, I think we're going to leave it there. You've been um, brilliant. You've answered uh, almost all the questions, I think, or all the themes of questions that we've got from everybody. I've just um, got one last question, Lee. Have, um, you sorted the hot you do, have you sorted the hot water out in all the toilet facilities? <laughs> yes, but when we do sort of, I, I don't know is the honest answer. Um, I, I always find the, 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 um, the hot water in, um, in South Africa Road too hot. And I've been telling guys, you have to be able to regulate this better. But with a flipping plumbing system that we have, I, you know, I stick my hand into the hot water. It's like, bloody hell, can we not get a mix or something in here? Um, but any, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's that different thing. Um, but it will be, it looks, and we'll, when we do, if we ever open up, because like I said, this just threw a monkey wrench in the whole thing tonight with the, with the, um, the prime minister's announcement, um, things are going to be very, very different. Um, you, you know, the concourses probably won't be in use. You know, it'll only be, it'll be a one-way system where we use it for toilet facilities only trying to keep people in the bowl as, as, as much as possible. Um, things like, you know, the one thing I really need to, to highlight is if you say you've bought a, a platinum ticket and you end up in, you know, somewhere different, don't, you really shouldn't be doing this because I, I can't 
administer price differences because oh well i paid for a gold ticket but i'm in a bronze section it's like guys that just goes with the territory these days there's just no way we can administer it any way else it's just like it's just a ticket into the the stadium right now um and not only will you probably not be in the stand that you bought you probably will you know it's a, it's a good probability you'll be in a different stand every a different seat every time anyway because the ticket office will have to reconfigure after every game if we have to go to a balloting system if it stays as it is right now and we get back on track and we can accommodate the, you know around the five thousand then great we, we can actually assign it from there and and we can move forward so you know f fingers crossed um it's a strange new world it's something different every day something different every hour um so you know we'll, we'll continue to try and react um as, as as quickly as we can um sometimes though because things change so quickly it is worth taking a step back and saying let's see how the dust settles on this thing before we actually make an announcement um thought the dust had settled but guess what no we're, we're right back to the drawing board again Lee, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, thank you Lee. Much. Okay, please. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lee. Soon. Have a good Cheers. evening. See ya. The, Bye. Um, don't don't tell Lee, but the question about the hot water was just my little joke about what happens at fans' forms. So he's still here. Who is he? I'm going to okay. stay and listen now. <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting you on mute, Lee. So. <laughs> See you guys. Here we go. Bye. Yeah. Um, right. Believe it or not, we've been going almost an hour so i'm gonna say no more discussion on tickets because i thought that was pretty clear and let's go on to other things so that we can actually finish in a reasonable time so that people are not uh, deleting their download before they've got to the end of it um eze we have not talked yeah. about the big departure <coughs> of the summer what do we reckon go on chris i, I lost you there for a second um no, I mean, it's obviously inevitable, wasn't it? Um, everyone knew it was coming. It was just a case of when, not if. Um, price was 16 million. I wanted 20. Um, uh, I think I think it's probably as good as we're going to get because it wasn't exactly a bidding war. West Brom came in late, but he clearly didn't want to go there. Um, he's a South London boy. Um, I mean, so, yeah, I'm you know, quite happy with it generally. I thought the best thing that came out of it was that all seemed to be conducted in a very um, dignified manner with the fans, with Eze, with the two clubs together. Uh, there was no baiting. I and mean, there was people going on Crystal Palace forums just to let them know how good he was. Palace fans, you know, not baiting QPR. I thought it was all done in a nice fashion. And good luck to him. I think basically everyone knows he was too good for us, too good for the championship next season. And I think 99.9% .9 of people just want to wish him well. And... It's going to be a bit galling when you see him score that first goal on match of the day in um, Chelsea's uh, Chelsea's third kit. But um, you know, it's uh, it's it's it, it, onwards and upwards. Do you think he'll be a hit in the Premier League? I can't work out whether he's like I can't work out how he would do. I can't say with any confidence he's going to completely set it alight. Could do that, or he could do what Lee Freeman, uh, Lee Freeman, Luke Freeman has done. I, I don't. I think this is. Um, I, I don't think they're going to pay that much money and 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 chuck him in the reserves. I mean, Luke Freeman hasn't had a chance to make an impact. That's the difference. I'm sure he'll be. My only concern is I'm not sure whether Roy Hodgson is the bloke to bring the the best out of him. But mm. um, you think he's he's playing against better players. He's playing with better players. You, you you'd hope that he you know he's, he gets the chance to to shine. Um, um, yeah, I, I guess it all depends. You know, there was talk about him being. A direct replacement for Zaha, which I don't think he is. Um, but he's been he's played been played on the wing for us, played in the middle. Um, I think that role as a number ten is probably 
probably that suits him best. I mean, I, I think, um, I just think his attitude is great. I think he's, he's really grounded. He's got um, a really good approach to life. That doesn't guarantee that he's going to burn up the Prem. But if anyone's going to do it, I don't see why he shouldn't. I mean, he, you know, that, that goal he scored against West Brom in our final game, you know, was a bit, spe- a bit special. Just said everything about him. And um, I, I really wish him well. And, I, and just like you said, Chris, the, um, the, 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 there was a little bit of a, a bit of a love-in, actually, between Palace and QPR on, on Twitter. It was, it was really strange. But it was, you know, it was actually, I think most people at QPR genuinely want him to do well, think he will do well, and goes with our blessing. And, yeah, go on, son. Go and have a go. Um, you know, I'm really, I'm really pleased for him. And I will say that after thinking we have maybe uh, not done so well on some of the transfers in, in, in sort of recent times, I think actually, what's it, 15 or 16 plus add-ons going up to 20? I think that's pretty decent, to be honest, in, in this market. Take that. I, I think it's an absolute godsend. And I do not subscribe to the let's spend all that money. This is, as everyone knows, unprecedented times. This is going to save our club and make sure we're in a better position than half the other clubs in the Football League at the end of this. Because incoming football is down. They don't know when it's getting back to where it was normally. We need this money. We're going to have a club at the end of this because of Ibira Eze and because of doing that piece of business. Um, I think, you, so I think what you've got to remember is, sorry, David, you know, we came for nothing. He was coached. And this is what the whole system of what Les, Chris, Lee, everyone has been talking about for years. And it's, it's finally happened. Personally, I just, you know, I mean, I made the flippant remark on Twitter that, you know, only we could be involved in the bidding war where the price actually goes down. When you look at people like Watkins and that going for a lot of money and the kids from Birmingham going to Germany. But, um, you know, we forget Adele went for practically nothing, didn't he, really? Do you know what I mean? So we've, we've not been lucky in transfers. And I think it's as good as deal as QPR could get. Is he good enough for the Premiership? Yeah, he is. He's simply a raw talent that will just go, he can go as high as he wants in the game. He's as good as that. And I think that once he, he gets in that premiership, people will really see what a player he is. And he's, he's quality. Um, we might have sold him too cheap. I don't think so. I think it's the best money we could get. But you know what? Don't, we've gone through this spending money for years, haven't we? It didn't go so well. Didn't like it. Let's not do that. Let's, let's keep doing what we're doing now and just slowly build. It's, it's a much, much better vibe around the club when we do it like that. You feel better. It's one of your own. And the lad can come back... Um, and, and be welcomed like a hero. I saw the love in um, with um, the, the, the the Palace fans, and that was nice for some people. Uh-huh. Just don't. Um, I think just a quick, go on, Chris. Just, so I was just going to say, a quick point about Watkins is that he's got well, a. He's a you know he's a striker, and strikers are at premium prices. And b. He's got three years left on his contract, which we, we didn't have the luxury of. So I think that would bump the price. And bloody Brentford always get the best prices. <laughs> and people want centre forwards. People want centre forwards. I do agree with what you said about an hour ago, though, Chris. Let's not. You, you said something around. Let's not uh, try and replace as a as in. And I agree with that. If you if you're searching for oh this this fella's the new as a and a like for like players like him don't come along very often. What we need to do is try and strengthen the team, um, uh, strengthen the team generally. But if we're hoping that player A or player B, player C is the new as a, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. We haven't seen a player like him for a long time. And we will be lucky if we see one in the next few years, if at all. 
Um, I mean, I'd add to that as well that I know Chair isn't the same player as Eze, but he's also a, like a raw young talent. He's really coming on, has the potential to be the, the main man this season. Don't, again, don't, don't lump too much pressure on him. But, you know, he could, it, we, need, we need him coming along and we, we need him to be playing regular games. So if, if you buy someone in to replace Eze, you've almost got a direct competitor to a player that you want to bring on. So, yeah, I, as, as Finney said, we've done all that spending money before. hasn't really worked out well, has it? So, uh, no, like, it'd be nice just to try and develop a bit more of what we got with a few shrewd additions. And, like, for example, I think this George Thomas could be really, really good. He's not working for free, apparently. <laughs> George Thomas. Yeah. Big shock. Big, big revelation by Lee. Who's there? What do we think well, of any of the other signings? What do we think of Dickey and Dykes? I like both of them. I think they're what we need. I mean, we're talking about people who earlier on were about not being so nice. And what I've seen of Dykes and read about him, he's he's an absolute smasher to defenders, and we we need that. We just need the wee um, new Clive Allen, whatever, to, to knock the ball in that he, he creates. But yeah, and I think Dicky looks a decent player. He he certainly looks like he's going to kick a lot of um, forward. So we've got it at both ends. So I'm happy with that. I think the recruitment this season certainly seems to be very slow very thoughtful and we're getting the right sort of players and rather than just throwing a whole load of players at it we're actually being very thoughtful this time but that's only my take on it I don't know yeah I like the club's tweet saying here's your here's your dicky picks that was quite funny I don't understand it Chris explain it <laughs> um, okay right we are careering towards the end of the first podcast of the season before we end, we are going to have to do predictions for where we will end up and predictions for Nottingham Forest at home on Saturday. Before we do that, um, anything else that I've missed out? Well, there's quite a lot you could, we, could, we could talk about, but I mean, maybe that's for next time. But Bright still being here for one. Um, I, I know... Um, Warburton did an interview with Clive the other day, sounded quite narky for most of it, but I think they're friends again now. Um, and basically says he doesn't want players, he didn't speak to, he was at pace to say he wasn't talking about Bright particularly, but doesn't want them running down contracts with a cigar on, basically. Um, so that suggests if he doesn't go in October, then they'll probably, look, or doesn't sign a new contract, he'll probably look to offload him in January, if January is still the other transfer window, I assume it is. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess um, just hope that if he does stay with us, that he, you know, he's still as as, as committed and still as good as he was before. Um, and yeah, Clive's whole whole interview is very good if you haven't listened to it or or, or read it yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing Warburton did say is that if you're looking for the six foot three inch guy in the centre of the midfield who can do A, B, and C, he's on seventy grand a week in the Premier League, and we we can't afford that. Um, and the sluggish, on the, our sluggish start to lockdown said it was park football and players didn't adapt as quickly, which I'm not sure I agree with. Um, and there was a whole other thing since uh, I conceded that defence is the biggest problem, but uh, insists it's not down to working on set pieces because they have a bonus system. You score a goal from a set piece, you get a few quid. If you concede one, you lose a few quid. And his dream signing is a second striker. So that's a very brief summary of what he said. I mean, I know the geezer's not rated by most of us, but it's very harsh to keep ignoring Ote the way we are. We just keep talking about we need a second striker. We do have a second striker. Our call is that he's not good enough, 
But we do have a second striker, and we've said for the last hour, we need a second striker. Is he? Is, is that for everybody, Ote is just an absolute no-go? Um, I, I, I haven't said, but, haven't, but he did... There was, was one chance against Plymouth where he chested it down and, and struck it sweetly and looked all the world for a goal. It was just you know smuggled off the line, as they say in Giorno speak. But um, I haven't seen enough of him. I, you know, I hate saying that because I don't want to you know knock the kid, but he didn't really you know um, set the world alight on when he went on loan either. Um, I haven't seen anything to suggest he could uh, you know plug the gap for goals. And we've lost essentially forty goals with three players, if you include. Um, what's his face? He went to Bristol. Naki Wells. Naki Wells. Put Wells. his name out of my mind already. So yeah, we've. we've, we've I, I don't think we need to necessarily need to get all those forty-five goals or whatever it was. But we could do with if we don't get those, we could do with conceding twenty less, and that might sort of even itself out. I think. I think for me, it'd be interesting to see how Young Smith comes back along with Ote. I mean, Ote to me, he's raw, but. I'd be surprised if he makes it in the championship this season. Maybe he might need another season loan away to, 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 to have another crack at it. But um, Young Smith's interested as well because we've kind of he's come back so and he from all accounts looked quite decent when he came on Saturday, beat against Plymouth or not. Um so who knows? Who knows? It's we're obviously um not gonna be able to sign that many players. We'll be bring a couple in. So it'd be nice to see Smith and Ote make it, but I'll be very surprised if Ote doesn't go out and loan again. Um Give us your two predictions. One prediction is for our final position in the table in 2020-21 and the score on Saturday. I'll start. I think we will have a good start. I just feel like I've convinced myself that Warburton has bad pre-seasons and that although it hasn't been awful... Um, we have lost a couple, including, I know it's not a pre-season game, but including the Carabao Cup game. And we started with a bit of a bang last year. So I'm going to say we're winning 2-0 on Saturday. And I'm also going to say that we are going to improve on our position of last season. And we will finish 11. Right. I, I also think we'll improve... Um but not improve enough to get in the playoffs. Um, I'm really hoping proved wrong. I'm going to very boldly go for ninth. Um, and I think we'll, we will, I think you're right, we will score two against Forest. I also think, unfortunately, we'll concede two. So I'm going to go for two all on that one. Steve? Yeah, um, I think we'll have another Warburton Curate's egg season. Um, and I think I think we'll probably end up somewhere about where we ended up this time, and I can't really see it being any different from about thirteenth, fourteenth. Um, Forest on Saturday, I think it kind of depends if if Blake's is fit. If he's fit, I think it's possibly a two nil. If he's not fit, uh, let's be optimistic. Optimistic and say a one nil. That's very interesting for me. Uh, what do I think? I'm asking myself a question here. That's quite weird. I hear people who do that speak as a third person on have a locker. Um, I'm kind of every season, don't you? You sit down, and you think this division is going to be harder. You look at the teams coming down. You look at some even coming up the other way, and you think, Ooh. and some of the teams spend money, and it's like, oh. And every season, it's usually crap, the standard, and it's 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 a bum fight to get out half a time, and this, that, and the other, and all this malarkey. I'm kind of thinking we might not be able to get the playoffs, but get a good run together. You never know. Never lose hope. 
keep going. So I'm thinking we could probably, with Warburton at the helm, we could probably make a place around about seventh upwards, as far as I can see, if we get a second striker. On Saturday, Forrest scoring the shout out of me. They really are a side that if they decide to get a decent manager one day, get it all together, and the chairman doesn't stop being insane, they could probably do things. As it is, the chairman's insane. No idea who the managers are half the time, so we probably should win that one, hopefully. And um, I'm going for 2-1 Rangers. Very good. Any final words from anyone? Um, well, I'm <clears throat> very quick one from me, and I promise a very quick I just want to say that when we um, <clears throat> finally managed to get away for a week to Hailing Island, um, one of the first things I saw when we got to the beach or Nancy saw was, Daddy, look, yeah, didn't see any other shirts. And there was the blue and white hoops on the beach. I didn't go straight up, but when he walked past, I just gave him the, the obligatory URs. Um, turns out his name's Chris Dunn. Listen to, every, listen to pretty much every... It was really weird. Funny. It's quite embarrassing. He goes, you're on the podcast. And my daughter just went, oh, God, hand over the head. <laughs> that was, yeah, a bit, of a bit of a weird situation. But, yeah, Chris, Chris Dunn, uh, pleasure to meet you, mate. And, um, yeah, hopefully he, he has expressed an interest to come on the podcast sometime and, and be a patron and do all this, that and the other. So, Chris, if you're listening, um, be great. Great if you do. And um, God help him if he's seen you and your flipping speedos in the beach, I can tell you. He's probably deep in therapy somewhere. Um, I'll let, I mean, I, sh- I, should, I shouldn't do this, but I'll, I'm going to give a wee shout out to, to, to Francis at the, at the club because the poor bugger can't win. And, you know, he, he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of um, negativity into it. Maybe he brings it on himself sometimes. I don't know. I'm one to talk. But um, I like the away kit. I like the fact that it's gone back to 82. Colour's a bit weird. Um, Francis, don't take it personally, mate. You can't please everyone. Don't worry about it. And just keep being yourself. Steve. And a quick RZ from me. Uh, I'm not sure if it, you covered it off at the end of last season, so forgive me. But I just wanted to um, say rest in peace, uh, Gordon Macy, um, of the club historian who, who, who passed over the summer. Um, of it, you know, it's a lot of hard work to um, sort of keep history alive for QPR and and there's a, there's a lot of people still out there doing it. So, you know, the people like uh, Bushman on Twitter and Steve Russell and Colin Woodley. I uh, just think, you know, it's a great thing that they do, keeping that, keeping our past alive. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Gordon. Yeah, oh, second. Oh, we, did, we, did, we did mention him. Sorry, Dave. We did mention him a couple of times. But Gordon will be missed. And he's a lovely... Was, his stuff will live on forever at QPR. And the research oh. blog showed was amazing. Sorry, David. That's all right. I was going to finish off with a Paul Finney-ism um, to you, Paul Finney, uh, without putting you... I don't, don't know why I said your last name there, because you know it. Uh, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, um, but at the same time, um, everybody knows you've been going through a very tough time yourself, personally, and, of course, us, on behalf of the whole QPR family, our thoughts have, always, have been with you and your sister, Kat, and the rest of your family throughout. You've handled it really well mate and we hope you're doing as best as you can yeah um, yeah yeah it's shit but you know thanks lads appreciate that and um yeah thanks that's one, mate. i'll leave it there roll on saturday roll on qpr forest roll on a victory roll on the 2020-21 season this has been open all ours you ours QPR. 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 QPR.